Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica, our last episode in March, Caitlin. I know, it's exciting and hard to believe that when this airs, it's going to be basically April. <laughs> oh, bring it on. I'm and like we're going to take our first months. We're going to take our first vacation in two years. I have not taken a vacation in I don't even know how long. You know what? This is really interesting. Same with me, but I'm just thinking when this episode airs, technically you and I are supposed to be on vacation. Not together. We're like just taking a break, but I'm curious if we stick to our plan and do it. Like it's penciled in the calendar. We better, Caitlin. We better. Even if I'm just sitting at home, like doing nothing, I got to figure out how to do nothing. I really struggle with that. Um, I am really excited about this episode of how to make one pager assignments rigorous and meaningful in the ELA classroom. So when I first use a one pager, right, I saw it, gosh, it was a couple years ago on TPT, on Instagram, whatever, teacher Instagram. And I was just like, oh, this is really cool. Look at what, you know, artistic products students have created. I was like, I want to do the same thing. And so I bought one. And you probably saw like really beautiful ones. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Like those are so cool. Right. My students can totally do that. And then I bought one off of online and I used it in my classroom and my students submitted work. And I was like, this is mm, CRAP. I was super disappointed with what they submitted. Like I love my students, but it was because there was a problem with the one pager. Like I didn't do a good enough job vetting that resource to make sure it was going to be rigorous enough and have them really hitting the standards. So I don't know if you remember this, but I called you after I got Uh my students work and I was like, Jessica, this was (laughs) terrible. We need to fix this. It's funny because at this point we were creating resources of our own, but we don't have a one pager one. So that's probably why you went out and yes, that was one to use. Right. And I didn't have our own. Yeah. You were like, this was such a waste of my time. I'm not doing this again. We need to come up with something ourselves. And so like that really forced us to sit down and be like, all right, well, what made it a waste of your time, right? Like what were the problems that you found when you gave this assignment to your students that we could fix? And so I'm happy with what we came up with with my own students as well. Yeah, me too. So I just want to talk about some of the problems that I did face because maybe you experienced this too. So again, like Jessica said, like we were creating our own resources, but we didn't have a one pager. So that is why I went out and got one. I was like, I want to be a part of this. Like this looks really cool. Mm -hmm. I think that also speaks into making sure that whatever we're bringing into our classroom has intention, has purpose, meets the standards. Like we really have to have a critical eye as teachers as to why we're doing what we're doing. And I didn't when I brought that into my class. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a good reflection. I mean, it was a great yeah. learned, right? Um, so the problems that I had, number one, is that there were not clear expectations for the required elements of the one pager. Like it wasn't clearly communicated to students what they really needed to do, you know, why they needed to do it. They weren't standards aligned. And I think, you know, the students who maybe are artists, right, it looks beautiful, but the content that they actually submitted was so lacking. There were no critical thinking skills. Right. So if you've never done a one pager, if you're like, well, girls, what are you talking about? Right. (laughs) It is a way for students to show what they know about a particular topic. But like what Caitlin was saying, there were no clear expectations. It's that's daunting to give students a blank piece of paper and basically say, all right, show me everything you learned about this text or this topic. You're yeah. left like underwhelmed by totally. what they produce, except for, you know, the one student who always just goes above and beyond. And right. it's amazing. <laughs> Which I'm sure was you as a kid. <laughs> totally, Caitlin. No. <laughs> 
So I didn't have clear expectations. That was one of my problems. The second problem was that I didn't give my students any analytical or in-depth choices to include on their one pager. So in retrospect, it's like, how was I supposed to expect my students to produce really high quality work when I didn't even have analytical questions or choices or anything like that? Right. It's not like a 13 year old is going to be like, let me go justify some evidence on my own. <laughs> like what were my expectations? Right. Um, and I didn't give my students clear structure. So what I got was from one student, an amazing thing. And another student was like three words on a paper. And that was it. It was just ridiculous. Um, and then I, when I got those, I was like, holy cow, how on earth am I supposed to grade these? Right. Because what am I even grading them on? <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. It's a hot mess. It was a hot mess. So I told Jessica, I was like, Jessica, look, this is what happened. These were the problems I faced. What can we do together to make a one pager that actually works? That's actually meaningful. That actually helps our students master and show mastery of the standards that we want them to. And so we got to work and we put something together. So why don't we talk about what we did and why we did it? Yeah. And I think this will spark ideas for you. If you use one pagers in your classroom, you know, these were the lessons we learned. So hopefully we can save you some of that hot mess heartache and like you can have quality one pagers with your students. Yeah. So the first thing we talked about was it was important to have a format. We needed to give our students that structure. So we ended up coming up with a choice board for our students. And so there was, I think like nine options nine, we yeah. gave them, right? And so of those nine, they had to include a certain amount on their one pager. And some of them did include artistic elements, but maybe there was a bit more structure there. So it said like, choose a symbol that represents a character's growth in the text. But that wasn't it. They had to explain, right? right? That was the difference. It was like taking it to the next level. Exactly. So they had to draw the symbol on the paper, but then it was like, well, why did you pick it? And that was that element we were missing. So it gave students choice within there, but then they had to, like you said, take it to the next level. And what I love is we gave them kind of hints of what you could do to -hmm. take it to the next level. Like, don't forget to include two sentences about this, or maybe use this sentence starter or whatever it is to help them really provide quality work instead of, you know, just a stick figure drawing that we have no idea what that represents for the novel. So it made grading a whole lot easier because they had the structure from the choice board. Yeah. So the way that we've set it up is that choice board, right? With like the nine squares. And I think Mm -hmm. students had to choose like five or four or something like that. And each one has like a focus. It's like get artistic or get discussing or get poetic. Like they all had, it was a cute little like play on on words, but yeah. Just now I thought you said get disgusting. And I was like, what? What did I say? Disgusting, right? No, you said that. I just. Sorry. Um, So the choice board itself, right, has like a very brief overview of what that element that they're going to include on their one pager incorporates. But then we also have an accompanying cheat sheet. So it's not like, okay, get artistic, draw a symbol and explain that symbol, right? Then in the cheat sheet, it takes that concept a whole heck of a lot further. So students pick that one, get artistic, right? On the choice board, they're like, yeah, that's the one I'm going to do. And then they go to the cheat sheet and they see, forget artistic, you're going to include a symbol, you're going to include, and you're going to make sure that the symbol is colored in, that it's not, you know, a stick figure or something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're not artistic, maybe you wouldn't choose that. Like I wouldn't choose that one because I can't draw. Um, but you're going to include evidence from the text and then they're going to justify their reasoning and why that evidence supports that symbol and why, you know, all the whole thing. So it's like, we're taking it to the next level. And so all of those more detailed instructions for each of those nine choices that are included on the choice board are on that cheat sheet. So it helps them take it to the next level so they can see, 
oh, that's what the expectation is. That's what that final result I'm going to be submitting to Mrs. Mitchell should look like. Right. I think it's like the key. I was just going to say that the cheat sheet seemed to be like the turning point Mm -hmm. of what produced quality one pagers because we were setting our expectations for our students. Yep. And what else that we did that I really liked is we gave them templates. So there are some students who literally can use a blank piece of paper and produce a really nice one pager. But then there are others who like, again, that's really daunting. So we gave different templates where we had divided the one pager into different sections and they could choose where they put a particular component from their one pager, but it helped them kind of organize their thought process. So you didn't end up with like all the quality information in one little corner and then they just colored in the rest of the paper. No, instead with a template, they were spacing out their information. It made it easier to read. Um, easier to grade because Mm -hmm. we knew where to find things. And so it just set students up for success if they needed that bit of differentiation. Yeah. And I think just, again, seeing not a blank piece of paper, like, oh, these are the four slots that I'm filling information in. I can do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course we provided our students with a rubric and not just, you know, any old rubric that said symbol check, you know, quote, check. No, it was really descriptive. And we gave them an example of what's mastering this part of the rubric look like and what is, you know, maybe you're approaching it or beginning or developing or whatever it is. We set that up for them and we went over it with them before they turned in their project, before they even started their project. Truly, Yeah. They needed to know the expectations. So I know when I ended up doing this with my own fifth graders, they had that rubric in front of them as they were creating. Mm -hmm. And so they could glance down and see exactly what they needed to do to produce a strong one pager. And I think that's so helpful. You know, students, like it wasn't my students' fault that their work was terrible that they submitted. It was 100% my fault for what I gave them as the assignment. And then the expectations that I had were so much higher Mm -hmm. than what I actually set forth for them in that one that I purchased online. Okay, so Caitlin, did you end up using the one we created with your students? Oh my gosh, yes, all the time. And what happened? It like, was a, through ma- it. a massive transformation. So my student who submitted, literally, I'm not even kidding, like three words on a piece of paper in the middle of the piece of paper and called it a one-pager. Oh. Turned in this beautifully created one-pager. You know, they chose like the poetic, the poetic get, um, get Poetic, where they do oh, like- Oh, I love that one. Poem. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the artistic one. So they were able to include- all of these like great artistic elements that is what they really cared about, but I didn't really give them, I feel like direction with how to implement that the first time. Whereas here it was like, this is the intention for doing this this time. And I like, I can tell you every single one that was submitted. I was like, okay, that's what I was looking for. It was Mm -hmm. like, finally, it was, it was on me, right? It was on me what I gave them as the assignment. And they just a hundred percent rose to the occasion. And some of them I actually still have and save them as examples because they did such a great job. I love that. So it's almost like they needed the structure to then have the freedom to truly express themselves. A hundred percent, just like kids need all the time, right? Yeah. Our children need that. Oh my gosh. Humans need structure. And my students just needed that structure and those higher expectations clearly communicated to them. So actually, I'm going to just add on one point here. I think one pagers that we're talking about today 
they can make great beyond lessons. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to last week's episode, all about ways to culminate any unit, a one pager is such an awesome option. So we hope you give this a try. Yes. And if you do feel free to tag us on Instagram, let us know that you've used it with your students. We have, we'll include the link for our actual one pager that we ended up creating. There's a printable version and a digital version. I actually really like the digital version. It's cool because it has links to different slides. It's a little bit techy. I know for you, you're like, whatever, that doesn't no, matter. Give me the me. old school. <laughs> I know, but in my mind, I'm like, it's really cool. Um, <laughs> so we'll include the link for that for you guys as well. But I mean, if you found yourself feeling the same way that I did when I first assigned one pager and you kind of gave up on them, I would suggest that you give it another chance, you know, check out the one that we created and really think about what we talked about today, you know, and being intentional with that one pager. What are we assigning to our students? What are we asking them to do? What are the expectations? Are we clearly communicating those expectations to our students and giving them the support that they need? Because that is, I think, something that's so huge as a teacher is being able to see my kids did a really bad job what happened? Where did it go wrong? And in this case, that was on my shoulders. And it ended up being the best thing ever because the one pager resource that Jessica and I ended up creating was such an integral part of my beyond lessons for my classrooms after I had this terrible experience. So it's like on the opposite of terrible is, is great, you know? Right. I think that's so cool. Cause you could have easily said, well, one page don't work. Done. I'm done. hundred yeah. percent. <laughs> so glad you didn't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, hopefully we're on vacation while this episode airs <laughs> and we'll see you next week on the podcast. You guys, it will be April and we just can't wait to get into a whole nother month on the teaching middle school ELA podcast with you all have a good week, everybody. Bye everyone.